As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. And someone sees an ad on Craigslist or if they are searching online about your community, they're going to see reviews. What do you want them to read? Do you want them to read good stuff or bad stuff? What's more likely to get you command higher rent, good reviews or bad reviews? Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service. Here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. We are normally interviewing real estate investors and entrepreneurs like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, 
Emmett Smith Hall thing, football player and real estate developer. But today, it's just us. We're just hanging out. Well, we're not just hanging out. We are going to focus on lessons we've learned and our experiences as entrepreneurs and real estate investors over the last week. So this is Follow Along Friday episode. Every other day of the week, we interview guests. But today, it's Theo Hicks and I talking about our lessons learned and how that can relate to you as a real estate investor and entrepreneur. So Theo, how do we want to kick it off? Well, just start off with some deal updates. Do you want to start out? And I got some things going on this week in the next couple of days and we're yeah. deals. Yep. So the property that we're going to be buying next is not under contract yet, but it is getting close. We are negotiating with the attorneys on the PSA, the purchase and sale agreement. That will likely be wrapped up by this time next week. And in the meantime, I'm actually going down to Dallas tomorrow morning. We're recording this Wednesday because I'm traveling, (laughs) quite frankly. So I'm leaving Thursday and I'll be there until Sunday. The focus of that trip will be walking through the property, number one, but two is focusing on the rental comps in the area and making sure that the rent premiums are in line with what we have projected. My business partners visited the rent comps already. Our analyst has called the rent comps most more recently than his visit, but I want to be a third level verification. And we've run this by a property management company who's really more experts than we are because they oversee 9,500 apartments in Dallas. Even though that's all the case, I still want to go visit and do the secret shopping myself. So I'll go to the rent comps and look at what they're renting out relative to the rent price and compare that to ours and make sure that we're in line, which we should be not just in line, but we should be underneath what we can achieve. And in addition, I will be visiting the other properties in our portfolio. We have eight properties in Dallas-Fort Worth that we'll be visiting, one in Fort Worth and the rest of them are in Dallas, pretty all close by except for ones in Garland, which Mm -hmm. is an outlier. And I'll be hanging out with my brother and going to my nephew's t-ball game on Thursday and then just going to make a quick trip, hanging out with my family and coming back Sunday, so just Thursday to Sunday. When you go and visit, not this property that you're trying to get under contract right now, but your other properties... Do you say that you're the owner, or who do you say that you are if someone were to ask you who you were? No one asks. Well, the residents don't ask. Okay. The leasing agent and the manager, they know I'm coming. Usually, they know I'm Sometimes okay. they don't, actually. And if it's a new person or something, then I'll just say I'm with Ashcroft Capital. Okay. I was just curious, because for my property, they're smaller, so I'll be interacting with the tenants. I'm not telling them the owner, because mm-hmm. I've heard people say that if once tenants realize that you're the owner, they treat you differently than if you're just the property manager, and you can kind of use that separation as, yeah. I guess, maybe like, like negotiating. Like, if they have some issue, like, oh, you know, I'm the property manager, that's up to the owner, I'll see what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious. Yeah, and I remember we talked about that on a follow-along Friday, and we talked about how you can say you're with the management company, which is true. Mm-hmm. You are with the management yeah. company, <laughs> and you're buying it with Marcella, your mm-hmm. girlfriend. So she's really <laughs> yeah, she's the one in charge exactly. But with these properties, 
I'm just some guy walking around checking things out, and the residents don't okay. don't ask. Curious. No. Anything else on those deals we talk about? Uh, I don't think so. No. Scheduled to close. Originally, we thought it would be August the 28th because they're kind of pushing us towards closing a little bit early. But we're able to close probably the week of September 10th. So we'll be closing in two months from now or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. How's your deals going? What's the latest? We'll remind everyone what they are. Yeah, so three, four unit properties. I think last time we spoke, we had sent out the contract extension. Yes. And it was not signed yet because they're on vacation and they weren't signing it. And there's still a lot of issues going on with the listing agent or the seller's Did agent. they sign it? They signed it. Okay. Yes, they finally signed it. Good, good, good. On Friday, I'm going to do a, we're do a final walkthrough of all the units because there's a couple of things in the inspection addendum that they're supposed to fix. I've got to make sure that they fix all that stuff because especially after dealing with them for the past month and a half, I don't necessarily trust them saying, oh, yeah, of course we did it. Now, here's some receipts. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that. I'm going to go in there and test all the faucets. To make so sure are you, they, are you they a handy them. guy? Kind of. I can figure can it tell, out. You can tell if it's fixed or not. If it's, yeah. Okay. I walked through with the inspector, and, and so I've got the inspection report, and I've got my notes of all the different leaks that there were, and then he just told me to just turn them on and see if they're leaking or not. So it was mostly just like leaky faucet in the kitchen, in the bathroom, in the shower that they were supposed to fix, and so I need to check that. And the biggest thing that we're worried about is making sure we have keys to all the units. Because I've gone there two or three times already, I'm not even sure how many, to uh, go in to check in all the units. And each time, some keys don't work. And so another thing, another outcome of the walkthrough to make sure all the keys work. Were there any major mechanical issues that they had to fix? No. Because keys, I mean, you can just replace a lock, whatever. But like anything major, nothing major? No, the roofs are old. And that's really it. And so we're going to get get a roofer out there to make sure that they're not going to fall through. Two of them we know are fine in our last while. The third roof, the inspector couldn't see like one specific side of it. And so we need to get a roofer out there. It's it's funny. A while back, I'm not sure if I talked about this on this podcast yet or not, but my agent called me and said that the seller's agent was like freaking out and was like threatening to somehow void the contract, which they can't do. But they were threatening to do that because they thought that I sent out like a roofer we don't know who it was. We don't know who was sent out there. We don't know if they were lying or what, but that was interesting. And at the time, I was like, oh, man, I do something wrong. I make a mistake here. But now, like, after a month and a half of the listing agent just kind of yeah. not doing anything, huh. I don't really feel bad at all. But I guess on the positive note, we're going to close, I think, within a week or two, so earlier than we actually expected. And we're going to be able to close on all three at the same time, mm-hmm. whereas before, they would have to close on two and then close on the third two or three weeks later just because of the way that they underwrite the deals. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the properties in the original portfolio, because there's five properties originally, we got three of them, I think one of those must have closed because our appraiser was able to use a property on that street, which brought our appraisal value up, which is allowing us to close all three oh, at the same time. Oh, good. That's kind of cool. Very cool. Good stuff. And did you see the comp? No, but we knew that there were two other properties were probably going to sell quicker because the yeah. one of them was just... I assume that their property would close faster than ours because I were taking so long. And I think there's two listing agents. I think the one that we have is a little slower than the other guy, and so I assume that it would close sooner. And so luckily the lender and the appraiser were on top of that. But I didn't realize that the appraiser has to set everything up through the selling agent to the inspector, and I wish there was a way to not have that happen. Like have me set it up or my agent set it up because 
I don't really have control of the listing agent at all. And so if he doesn't respond in time, doesn't provide the right keys, mm-hmm. then it kind of delays the process and mm-hmm. it's kind of frustrating on my end. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I need to kind of brainstorm ways to reach out to the agents more or I'm not sure necessarily what I could do to fix that in the future. But if there's any mistake that I've made this past week is throughout this entire deal is just kind of trusting the agents to do things in a timely manner when that's just not the case sometimes. And we talked about last week how you're likely going to be the agent I gotta, representing yeah. you next time. I, I, I got to revive my license from up in Columbus and represent myself moving forward. So high level, total purchase price, and total rents. So the total purchase price, it'll be 660000 Okay. So three Six. properties for 220000 each. And then the rents are 2700 a month per... 2700 per per building, building times three. And it's 6600 mm-hmm. Or 6600 Yeah, I think it was 660000 660000 660000 Okay, so on the 2% thing, it's a 1.2%. It's good cash flow. Yeah. Assuming that there's not major expenses that you have to put into it and the area where pleasant ridge? It's pleasant ridge it's, like a, it's, like, a, it's, like, a B, it's e, like a b area and it's trending better the inspector told me that every single time a property sells in pleasant ridge it's like a record yeah high for a value and then i guess just quickly with what our business plan is is we got three buildings those rents are the current rents but those are not even oh close those are current rents I think I talked about last time yeah. how we can probably raise the rents for each unit by between $100 and $150 without doing this. any renovations. If you did renovations, probably like $200 or $300 because mm-hmm. the leases are all month to month. They're so old. So we plan on going to each building, starting with the one with the lowest rents first, and then giving notifications of the new higher rent and give them a month to decide. And then if they don't want to pay the higher rent, mm-hmm. then they have a month to leave and then we'll find a new tenant. For all the units, it's gonna require, at most, just cleaning. Some of them might need a new vanity, maybe new hardware on the sink faucets, and then some of them might need new cabinets, but I think we can just paint them, because they're nice cabinets. They're dirty, Mm -hmm. but very, very few upgrades, like very minor stuff, just touch-ups. And I mean, I'm not sure if anyone's seen like the 1960s style apartments or like condos. They got like, like the tile everywhere. And oh, so yeah. we plan on kind of just glazing the tile if Is we need pink? to. We've got some big ones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like really bright colors. Oh, yeah. And so that's the plan. All three properties. And yeah, we're super excited. And you're managing it yourself. Yeah. All right. You will have plenty of stories for I us know. <laughs> as we progress on Follow Along Fridays and as you progress in those deals. Yeah. Holy cow. All right. Good stuff. As far as the mistake, we were talking before we started recording, and neither one of us could think of a glaring mistake that we made. And we also want to not just mention a mistake we've made, if we can think of one over the last week, but also the best ever thing that's happened, either personally or business-wise, since the last time we talked. Because the last two or three weeks, we've been doing a mistake, but not balancing it out with the best yeah. thing that's happened to us. And that's just not like me. <laughs> I don't like doing that. I don't like focusing on the, well, it's not negative because we always think, how can this help us? Life happens for us, not to us. But as far as mistake goes, nothing business wise, but I didn't mention this to you, but now that I've thought about it a little bit more, I'd say I've been volunteering for hospice and I haven't visited my patient in two weeks. 
And it freaking bugs me. And I feel guilty because two weeks ago, when I was going to visit, I didn't because some business stuff came up and I had to handle it. But I told someone when I was at the bank, they said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, I'll go to hospice. And I feel like I got a benefit from telling someone that I'm doing it because they're like, oh, wow, you do that. And then we started talking, but I didn't actually do it. So I feel guilty mm, for yeah. receiving social credibility from saying I was going to do it, but then I haven't done it in two weeks, let alone hospice on average six months or less and they pass away. So that's a mistake. I am going to make it a priority to visit at least once a week for the next month. And there's that. As far as the best ever thing, I'd say I've read a book and a half since last Friday. There you go. Yeah. I was on a tear. <laughs> and the book that I just tore through, I skipped a couple chapters because it wasn't relevant. The book I tore through, though, I highly recommend. It's not recommend. It's mandatory reading for any apartment investor. It's called Burn Zones by... George Newberry. Okay. The reason why it's mandatory reading for any apartment investor is because he had 4,000 apartments, 4,000 units, and he lost it all. And this book outlines how that happened and what he did about it. Chapters four and five are the two chapters you must read as an apartment investor. I interviewed him on the show, okay. and his interview is coming out in about two months. So if you want to read his story first, which I recommend, buy his book, Burn Zones. It's mandatory reading for any apartment investor, and read chapters four and five. The reason why I skipped through chapters two and three is because he talks about his life story, and it's basically uh, autobiography, and I wasn't too interested in his life story and the cycling and stuff. But I was really interested in his case study. After I interviewed him, I was like, I have to read your book. Burn Zones, chapters four and five, mandatory reading for apartment investors. I recommend chapter one. Read the whole thing if you want. But definitely chapter one to get an idea of who he is. And then I just skipped to four and five, and I read the rest of the book as well. So I guess I almost read one full book with him. And then I've read a half of a book of Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. Sheldon Bowles. I've actually already read that before. I'm just rereading it because it's a good one. But Burn Zones by George Newberry, Playing Life's Bad Hands, Mandatory Reading. That's crazy. I mean, most people don't even get 4,000 units in their life, period. But he got 4,000 units, lost them all, and I'm sure he has he recovered and he kind of walked he through has. how, like, the psychology behind being completely crushed and destroyed. He, 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 ha- he has recovered. He has a company now where he buys non performing notes from banks. And he works with the owners and tries to keep them in their house. And he still makes money because he buys the mortgages at such a discount from the banks. He's able to lower the overall payment that's due to the homeowner. I forget the company name, like American Homeowner Association. or Just search his name, buy the book. It all happened with a domino effect from one property. And you can tell his intentions were so good and it sucks the way it happened. But, I mean, ultimately, life happens for us and not to us. And he, I don't know about came out ahead, 
but he is thriving with his current company, and it's a result of what transpired. I'm sure very, very fortunate they lost all Fortham properties, really, but internally he still had all the systems and education and everything that it took to actually get those 4,000 properties within him so that he could probably replicate it again if he needed to. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can talk about some mistakes in regards to my properties, and honestly, the best everything that's happened to me since is realizing that we're going to close on all three properties, the appraiser either at the purchase price or above, and I'm going to be looking at all units. I'm just super jacked up about those deals. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I can think of, and this is more on a personal note, I'm sure we've had to talk about this for a while, but I think it's just an interesting thought experiment. Marcella was out of town for a week. So for me, like I work all day, and then I'm with her all night, and so it's it very strange not seeing her for a week when I've faced her every day for, for two years, and so I need to get new hobbies, I think, <laughs> <laughs> or more hobbies or something. So I'm sitting there on like a Saturday, and I just did not know what to do with myself at all. And so I'm sitting there, and was like, I read like an entire book on Saturday, and just start taking notes on it. Oh, you read an entire book on Saturday? Oh. Um, I just didn't know what to do because I. How many pages is the book? Like 250, maybe. You read a 250-page book on one day. Yeah. I went to the coffee shop and was there for like five, six hours just reading straight. Jeez. Wow. All right. Well, that's pretty impressive. You know what you're doing when you don't know what to do with your time? You know what I'm doing? What? I'm practicing basketball. (laughs) (laughs) So I can beat you in basketball one-on-one. All right. What else do we got? Uh, So the main topic of the day is about how to get a lot of high-level property views. This came from a listener who listened to one of your episodes, and you mentioned how... I think he said you were mentioning how you're maybe having trouble getting reviews for your property or something along those lines. He works for a, a property management company who specializes in figuring out the best ways to get as many reviews as possible. And so we provided four really good tips on things that we can do and people listening can do to get a lot of their residents to leave reviews on their property. So I'm going to read exactly what he said, and then I'll give some commentary on it. Yeah, and before you read through, these are four ways to get five-star reviews for your property. Yep. And in case it's not obvious, which I imagine it is, the reason why this is important is because when someone sees an ad on Craigslist or if they are searching online about your community, they're going to see reviews. What do you want them to read? Do you want them to read good stuff or bad stuff? What's more likely to get you command higher rent? Good reviews or bad reviews? And when you get higher rent, that helps with your overall value. When you sell the cap rate, the beauty of the cap rate and multiplying your value. I mean, online reviews are paramount and it is incredibly challenging to get them, at least from what I've found. And I'm very grateful that Joseph was thoughtful enough and wanting to help out that he emailed me how he has successfully gotten five-star reviews for his property. And I asked him, is it okay to share this with the best ever listeners? Because everyone can benefit from this. And he said, absolutely. So thank you, Joseph, for this. This does have a direct impact on my personal bottom line for profit and loss and my investors and then also this will have a ripple effect for every best ever listener who has a property where they want to increase their five-star reviews which includes Theo. And you guys think whenever you're buying anything, whenever I'm buying anything online, the first thing I do is look at the reviews and if it's got a small two, three, four stars, even books, anything, I just completely pass over it. So that's why, that's another anecdotal evidence is why it's so important. So number one, way to get more reviews is 
He says, if you can't beat them, get close to beating them. Yelp is the hardest to control, and so Yelp's an online reviewing service, and seems to be an outlet for dissatisfied residents. We contract with a company called Modern Message, who has a resident rewards program that turns social media and reviews into a game for our residents. This allows us to get internal reviews and place them on an external site that has amazing SEO value. Because basically what he's saying is that he hires a company that has this rewards program that makes getting reviews like a game. And when they get these reviews from their tenants, they're able to link that up to their website or to Facebook or to some other site that they have. Like when you see the testimonial tab on some websites. And since you're kind of linking up to your internal reviews elsewhere, it increases the SEO for keywords for your property management company's name or your company's name. And so he said that if you Google his company's name plus the city that he's in, they're like ranked number one. And it comes up under Yelp. And then he also says that he places these ads in, in places like Facebook. So I guess number one is hiring out a company to help you with the reviews. And the company he mentioned is called Modern Message. That's the company they worked with. So number two is give away a random gift. So he said that we had $5 t-shirts that they created with the local sports team. They can be really anything. And gave them away to everyone who came in on a certain day along with a card. So I guess they gave them a card too that said, thanks for being a great resident. Please share your experience on Google. And this worked very well. So offer to give away free stuff and when they come to pick up their free item, give them some sort of card that says, hey, you're a great resident. And please show your appreciation by reviewing us. Here's a link to do that. So you're actually giving them a link so they don't have to do it themselves. That is my favorite so far because when people expect something, then they're not as impressed with what you give them. But if they don't expect something, you can give them something much lower in value and it will be more impressive than the higher in value thing they were expecting. And that's in life. So when you give them something random, then say, hey, and I don't know what the exact wording is, but you have to work through the wording. But basically, if you'd like to share any commentary about your experience living in our community, then please go online and write something. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite so far. So number three is to survey the residents. So send out a survey and get feedback on the cleanliness of the building, maintenance response time, and things like that. After you fix some of the concerns, send the survey out a couple months later with a link to review at the end. I mean, that's positive because, number one, you're getting feedback from your residents and things that you can improve upon. Maybe something's broken you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. So you can fix that. But at the same time, you can also use that as an opportunity to get more reviews. And I would take that to a more granular level. When there is a maintenance request that doesn't appear to be a negative thing for the property, then when we fix it, I would send the resident an email and say, hey, did we fix it? Are you good with everything? They say yes, then give them a link to review it. And what I meant by not a negative thing for the property, if the maintenance request is, I have bed bugs, and then you fix it, and you're like, hey, can you go online and review? (laughs) We fixed your bed bugs. That's not a good thing to be online. But if the maintenance request is, my faucet leaked, or my toilet was running, and then we fix it, then I would send the link to review, to, you know, oh, great, and if you have a chance, can you just mention your experience with us fixing the problem? So that would be a more granular way, and what I found is that when you do a mass email, there's less 
mm. accountability for actually doing something. And that's proven in psychology, too. If you're, There's a infamous case in New York City where a woman was being attacked, and she was screaming out for help, and there were buildings on either side of people looking out the window, and everyone thought someone else was calling the cops, and no one called the cops. Wow. And it's proven time and time and time again that if you need help from someone, then you say, hey, you in those red shorts, can you please help me? And now you in those red shorts will be felt responsible for now helping. And same with these reviews. If you do a mass email, hey, we'd love for your feedback. That's one thing. But another, you who had the leaky faucet, would you mind helping us out? And your response will be much higher. That's a very good point. The last point is just, he said, be really, really good at answering the phone, expressing empathy, and following up. And so this is kind of similar to what you just said. It's whenever something happens, make sure you respond quickly and answer your phone when they call. Express empathy and then follow up later but to make sure that everything's fixed. And then when you do follow up, say, hey, you know, here's a link to leave a review. That's something else that I thought about when I was reading this. I'm doing the monthly investor emails right now for you. And so I was thinking, because I know you guys do monthly community get-togethers. And so there's a way to tie that into getting reviews. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if it's when people leave, give them a note, or you have like an iPad there so that people could do reviews while they're actually there. So you that's, give them before they leave. That's a money idea. Because you're giving them all that stuff. Like I think there's Taco Tuesday and poolside popsicles and breakfast on the go and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so when they're there, just people love free stuff. And so they're going to get the free stuff and they'll yeah. feel obligated to... And they're in the moment, like, oh, yeah, Taco Tuesday is the best. Like, oh, you get a bunch of Taco Tuesday you, reviews. You nailed it. We just so happened to have the review all written. You just have to push enter, and you just, like, take their yeah, finger. Seriously. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just push enter down. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we will do that. Thank you for that suggestion. And then the second suggestion, this is for smaller properties, because this would not work for bigger properties. And this is what I did. It might be kind of cheesy and cheap, but it is what it is. But um, I don't buy stuff ever. And so every, like during Christmas, when I get my Christmas presents, like a bunch of, I get a ton of gift cards, like $5 gift cards here, $10 gift cards at Panera. And so I just re-gifted those for my tenants for like a, mm-hmm. either a New Year's gift or a Christmas gift. And then when you're doing that with that note at the same time, you can put a link to a review for your property at the same time. And I, I would do it not as a Christmas or New Year's Eve gift or Hanukkah or whatever. I would do it as a random gift. Thank you. Because then goes back to not expecting something. Or your one-year renewal. Maybe even your six-month anniversary or eight-month anniversary because that's when you're thinking about should I stay or should I go. So you give them something and then you encourage them to renew and also review. Renew and review, baby. I think I did it around Christmas time because it was convenient because I was having a ton of issues with the property and I felt really bad for the tenants. So I was like, I I feel like I give them something so they don't leave. Yeah. Okay. So those are well, six weeks six, really, yeah, you, you to get five-star property reviews. And thank you, Joseph. Something else that we wanted to comment on, we got an interesting comment from a listener on our video last week. And he said, Joe, always good content. Despite your unpolished presentation skills, I'm still watching because of the content. My only recommendation is to have a script and rehearse. <laughs> My initial thought was fight or flight thing. My initial thought was fight. <laughs> But then that was my fleeting thought. Maybe it wasn't fleeting. It was like a five-second thought. And then ultimately, whenever I receive feedback, I want to acknowledge if it is warranted or not. Because 
I'm always trying to optimize my approach in every aspect of my life. And so then after the initial five seconds of let's rumble, then it was, okay, I think this person's a YouTube thing is called fitness trainer. So this, probably, this person probably destroyed me, by the way. <laughs> their, yeah, their YouTube name's fitness trainer. After that, it's thinking, okay, well, what is this really getting at? And I agree that I could be more prepared with the stories and the comments that on Follow Along Friday. And it is only Follow Along Friday because every other episode is an interview format. So there's no script there. I will never, ever write out a script and read it. You would freaking hate that. Believe me, you would hate that. Snooze fest all over. But I am taking this as a kind of a, a jolt to say, okay, let me just be a little bit or a lot more prepared depending on the following Friday with a couple anecdotes versus trying to free flow. Because when you free flow, if you're not at all prepared, then you aren't as succinct as you could be and therefore you're not making the best use of everyone's time, including yeah. your own. But I'll approach it as I do a presentations, and that is have a talking point and then like know what my main point is and then have commentary around it. Perfect. So thank you for your feedback, by the way. I do appreciate it. And ultimately, I dismissed the always good content part. <laughs> so I appreciate also the always good content comment and your feedback is taken to heart. Awesome. So a couple other miscellaneous things. So upcoming exclusive interview. I know we've got... A pretty big, big one coming out next Tuesday, I believe. Is it next Tuesday? Pretty sure it's next Tuesday. Okay, Jillian Michaels. Uh, uh, the, I think it's the, the 19th. Okay, July 19th. Jillian Michaels interviewed her, and you'll enjoy it as an entrepreneur. We did not talk about real estate investing. I don't know if she's a real estate investor. She's a freaking phenomenal entrepreneur, and very genuine, good energy, life lessons as entrepreneurs. It's a quick 15-minute conversation. I didn't spend any time at the beginning introducing her qualifications. You know who she is. She's a fitness trainer and got over 100 million followers through social media, eight-time best-selling New York Times author. And here's the thing. For everyone who submitted questions, I included your question, and I said so-and-so from such-and-such -such city asked the following question. So I got in all the questions. I believe that everyone asked me to ask her. And so really, it wasn't my interview with her. It was your interview, best ever listeners with her. So listen in to that interview, and I know you'll get a lot of value out of it, as I did. I'm looking forward to the interview a lot. And finally, I want to get to the review of the week. Do you want to mention this first? Oh, yeah. I've been told by my team that I should ask <laughs> everyone on every follow-on Friday episode to subscribe to the show if you haven't already and leave a review. It helps because it will create a larger best-ever community, and together as the community grows, we'll achieve more. And if you do leave a review, you might have the opportunity to feature review of the week. This week, the name is Fly Navy Buy Property. I always love people's like iTunes names on here. They're always mm -hmm. so interesting. And the title of the review was Excellent Advice for All Knowledge Levels. And here's the review. My favorite thing about this podcast is that it has something for everyone. There is great advice at an easily understandable level for, for those just getting into real estate. At the same time, there are sophisticated strategies and insights for the most seasoned investor. All of this is brought together in a fun, interesting, and easily digestible segment. If you want to know more about investing in real estate, listen to Joe now. Fly Navy, buy property. 
Thank you so much for that review. And Theo and I are going to take off. We got some basketball to play. If you want to receive a signed copy of the first two volumes of the book by both Theo and I, then you must properly guess who is going to win the basketball game, playing by 13, and then what the score will be. I've been practicing a lot. I even Googled how to beat a taller player in basketball, and I've got a couple moves I'm going to be doing, so watch out, Theo. Looking forward to it, Joe. All right, best ever listeners. Hope you have the best ever day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com.